0: Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's
1: premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast from studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong.
0: Welcome everybody. Podcast, I guess, a landmark because it's number twenty, Matt. Number twenty. That's yeah. five months straight. Five um, months straight without a mess. That's, That's right. nice. In a new studio. It's Studio One Thirty
2: Two. Studio One Thirty Two. We have the first third time guest, Emily That's My third visit. First yep. time ever. And a very special guest. Who is it, Matt? It's Scott Ballman, the owner of the Iron Will Strength Studio. Father Gaines. Yes, thank Laura. you, guys. Thank you
1: for being here. Honored to be here.
3: We're all so excited to talk to Scott that yeah. we all had to be here to him. Yeah. yeah, I
1: love it. I love so it.
2: on top of, uh, this is Emily's third time on the podcast yeah. and her first time hosting. So, um, quick uh, background on, uh, actually, meet so Real quick, but I think it's now
0: three weeks away, so it's... November 11th and 12th, everybody. Your training should be on its final, uh, you ought to be on your last strength wave if you train that way and ready to go. I hope everybody's healthy. Uh, you can still enter online. You can still walk in here and get an entry, and you can still do it um, some other way.
3: Yeah, we've had a whole bunch of people entering on, online okay. in the last few days, so that's working great. That's a good option. People seem to like it.
1: You guys doing it here, Maddie? Well, in the space next door. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's not a four so it'll be on no. location. So shout more. out to AutoSound next door.
0: That's right. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they saved us on this mm-hmm. one. Uh, and shout out to
2: uh, Mike Wilson for the badass. Shout uh, out
0: for the new uh, backdrop. Yep. It's going to be really I saw cool. that. That
2: looks good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> think there's going to be some cool changes coming up at this meet. And
1: uh, we're headed in the right direction. All right. So, we got a guest today. Um, Scoot, uh, I want to interrupt and just say I was happy you guys weren't going to make me lift. Because oh. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to come sir everybody's fucking stronger than me, man. So, if mean, we can talk, it's perfect. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah.
2: I, I would debate that. I think you actually can bench more than me, but we won't get
1: into it. would definitely won't get into that. Def, well, we're not uh, going to squat. We're not going to deadlift. Maybe we'll bench. <laughs> bench and curl. Um, I
3: was going to say, you'll have to curl because that's Matt's specialty.
1: Dude, not curl because funny Matt story. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Lauren first uh, at another gym where we were both working out. And uh, I had maybe worked to train Lauren a few times, whatever. And then I saw Matt come in. And Matt's, I think he was probably covered up, right? So I don't see that he's like jacked or anything he's got his glasses on and he goes over and he's like doing some bicep shit and i see him put like fucking 45s on the preacher and i'm like no fucking way no fucking way this guy i'm I'm thinking you're gonna be one of those dudes right and he just starts freaking ripping him out (laughs) i'm like damn and then you know pretty soon i start watching him front squat fucking 350 and stuff like that so i'm like okay he's he's the real thing but like it was super funny the first thing i noticed was like how strong you were curling the bicep curls the bicep (laughs) curls This was not, it was, it was, uh, when Obie's was Obie's. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I like, just, you know, it's like you look over at someone that like has probably more weight on the bar than you think they should be doing. And then they just like rep it out. And you're like, oh, all, right. all right, shut me up. My, <laughs> my own mind real quick. It's
3: good to know that some things don't change because it's yeah. still what he's doing.
1: Really? No, not
3: really. He does use all the equipment to curl though. That's sort of more, yeah, we really like thing. to tease him.
2: Yeah, he's strong. Oh. The calf machine, the glute ham, <laughs> it's all the bicep curls. You've got the right, <laughs> uh, the right mentality. The right angle, right? So you are our first guest that has a, a podcast. Yeah. What uh What's the name of that podcast?
1: Uh, in the Iron Will Way. And
2: that uh, you heard like over 100 episodes.
1: Yeah, I think I'm at like 128. And uh, I remember like, do you guys ever hear of a guy called Zach Evanesh? She has uh, a couple of gyms in New Jersey, Underground Strength. Yep. And I listened to his for maybe a year or two when I first new heard about podcasts. I was kind of way late to the podcast game, and I started listening to his. And he's a legit guy. He's just a fucking cool dude and good coach. And um, I swear he was recording in his, his in his car, right? Mm-hmm. same like I do. And I was like, all right, maybe this isn't like have to be a big huge production. Like man, just start, you know? Because yeah. like, I think we tend to overthink stuff and it has to be perfect. And I remember thinking, all right, let me just look into this. I found an app that was awesome, allowed me to record it, and um, just figured, let me just even if nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I can just talk, and maybe maybe just my couple clients will listen. That was arm mentality yeah. going into and it, and I thought, "Fuck, I'll do like one one or two a week because it's just me. I yeah. don't have to organize, I don't have to get guests, I don't need equipment. Just start doing it, mm-hmm. and then then it became kind of cool, you know. Yeah. I just like listen to people and get. There were days where I'm like, I have no idea what to talk about today. You know what I mean? Because when it's just you, it's a little different than when you have a guest. Yeah, um, but yeah. So just started doing it. Try to be at least like one a week if I'm everything's good. Sometimes two, sometimes three. Sometimes I'll go a couple weeks, but. Like, we're at 128, I think.
0: Yeah. How long do they I'm sorry.
3: So, when you're having those days that you just don't know what to talk about, how do you come up with something to talk about? I've been wondering this about your podcast.
1: Well, I think for me, it's a lot of times based on conversation with clients, Mm -hmm. you know, or things I observe, like, throughout a day that people have trouble with or, like, common, like, questions and themes that come up. You know, we're all... Have a conversation with a client, and I'm thinking fuck, man, they all should hear this. Like, the conversation I'm having with you right now, yeah. everybody would benefit from this. Right. So then I'm like, all right, let me just put it here, and then all the clients can listen to it. So whatever I was just sharing with that one client, they had a question or whatever, I just kind of do it like that. But there are some days where I literally am like, oh, man. You're like,
3: I need one of my clients to help. Somebody asked me a so question. I <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: And so I've, pretty- I've tried, like, asking for, like, Q&A stuff like that, but I find it easier just to, like, let it just brew, which is also helpful to not have it scheduled. Like, it's not like I have to do one tomorrow. Like, you guys, like, knew I was coming and have everybody set. Like, for me, it's like, tomorrow morning, I'm not feeling creative. I'll just wait till the next day, you
2: know. I'm sure we'll have a time where we, uh, we had our first, uh, technical difficulty a couple weeks ago. Got these guys in early. I was like, I wanted to do it on a Saturday morning instead of a Wednesday night. Got everyone here at nine in the morning. Nothing worked. Oh, no. I was like, fuck me. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Um, so you got 25 years of coaching under your belt.
1: Yeah, and every time I say that out loud, Maddie, I'm sure you feel similar. I'm like, fuck, I'm sounding old, dude. Yeah, but yeah, I started um, training people right out of college, like 21, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I even realized that it was actually a job, like I just wanted to lift and like work in a gym. and yeah. I turned down like real jobs because I just knew like I couldn't roll that way. Yeah. And uh, my parents were cool enough to let me you know, not use my college degree and, like, make eight bucks an hour working at a gym and, you know, start bodybuilding and stuff. And what then, was um, your college degree? Fucking landscape architecture. Dude, I can't even... <laughs> that's I, so I, random. I have to, like, hire someone to take care of my, my bushes. Like, I can't literally know nothing. Four years, nothing. I have good handwriting from it. Like, yeah. that's it. The then, stuff on the walls of the gym, that's all I got. Yeah. That's, well, that's what hey, I do. better
2: than nothing. Mm-hmm. are you from Maine?
1: No, I'm from New Jersey.
0: Jersey, okay. Yeah, so oh, I, wow. I
1: down around like the Bridgewater, Somerville, okay. Br- Brunswick, down by down by uh, Rutgers. Okay. So um, yeah, I just got a local gym there and started training a couple. But I, I mean, when I say training people, it was like one kid twice a week. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't really training people. And then uh, I started to get a couple clients, but I was definitely not making like a real living. And I'll never forget this one guy used to come at lunchtime. Chris, and he was uh, I believe he was. Uh, he worked out with a chiropractor. Can't remember what Chris did. But one day he comes up to me, says, uh, "I got to ask you a question, man." I said, "What's up?" And he was fuck you still doing here I said, what 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 we're talking about he goes man you're really good at this training people like i watch you with your clients like you're really good but you got to get out of here like you're in this little small town gym you're not making any money he's like you got to go to the city or somewhere like do this for real and then i remember he says you know i have a friend he trains people in the city he drives a corvette and like like that was like the click (laughs) like he drives a corvette like that was success and i was like well that does sound pretty cool yeah so i started making some phone calls and then like you know Made my way to New York and started doing it there. for to the city. Yeah. 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 And I was scared of shit. I was not. I was never a city guy. You know, I lived in New Jersey, an hour away, but I went to the city probably twice in my life. Okay. So going in there was like, holy shit, man! You know, it was like super intimidating. Finding somewhere to park, getting on the subway, like lost, and like going to this gym. And I went to um, Equinox. You guys have heard of Equinox? Yeah. Equinox is like unbelievable. And you walk in, it's just like. Oh, it was, like, four floors and, like, you know, railings. You could look down. It was awesome. It's
3: pretty much the opposite of (laughs) Dynamax.
1: Totally. But from a just, like, big gym, like, eye-opening thing, it was awesome. Got offered the job. I think I was, like, 25. And then I was, like, super psyched I got it. And then I, like, literally chickened out. Like, I went home and then, like, had all this, like, head trash. Anxiety. Yeah, Yeah. like, just why it wasn't a good idea. Like, oh, i will never see my girlfriend. And, like have an hour and a half commute and you know i don't know if that's you know people call that like fear of success like i think that's bullshit i was just just afraid like to to do do something out of my comfort zone yeah Yeah. like i was like the big fish in my little pond you know what i mean and um that was like a whole new world i I wouldn't be like the guy there anymore i would just be like the new guy that like doesn't know anything so i kind of like chickened out and then like five years later i went back you know, five years more of just training in a little gym. Back there, Went back to a different one. I had a, a connection, at least at another gym <laughs> called Crunch. Crunch was um, yep. downtown yep. in the West Village, right off the train. And a guy that, you know, the guy that owned my gym that I worked for, his old manager, was now the manager there. So at least I had a, a guy Some, to talk to. Yep. Yeah. And um, so I went there, and it was just a little bit less. Um, Equinox was kind of like polo shirt and like tucked in for me, you know, and like Crunch was a little more like dudes with tattoos and, and like, and like and and oh yeah, and like not hardcore like that, but at least people wise, it was like more diverse and cool. I yeah. felt like more comfortable there. So I started there and um, and that was awesome. That was, that was fucking great. And I stayed there from shit. I was 30, 29, 30. I stayed there until I was about 35, I guess, or something. I just trained people all day. When did
2: you start? somewhere in between this time, you must have started competitive bodybuilding. So
1: I started competing in college. And okay, I went to Rutgers, and they had something called the Mister Rutgers contest. So it was just mm-hmm. open to the college guys or alumni. So I went there when I was like a sophomore. So, uh, so I, um, I dug deep, but I have some photos to yeah. share. Oh yeah, yeah, baby!
3: Just oh so wow, the, the
1: hair, hair, everything shredded. So how long did you do this for? So I I went to the first contest as a sophomore, and I was probably 135 pounds. And I was like lean, so I was like muscular, but like small. But I went there and I was like, fuck, this is cool. Like I would imagine you guys probably were when you went to your first powerlifting meet, like, oh man, I want to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, I couldn't imagine doing it, but I wanted to do it. And I just kept training, I was a hockey player, Uh, and started lifting because I was just small and getting the shit beat out of me. (laughs) And then I just got addicted. It's like they say, I get addicted to the iron bug, man. I just liked lifting more than I like playing. So I kept playing, but I was just trying to get bigger. So like, and because I was training like a bodybuilder, I wasn't getting... Faster. More I was getting really. slower. Yeah, right. I was right. bigger, so I could like fight better and like knock people down. But yeah. I, I wasn't any better right, as a player. But I didn't care. I just wanted to be big. And I was actually pissed that I was burning so many calories.
3: I was just gonna say, doing all that hockey, I fucking hated it. No, my my
1: quads were awesome, but like <laughs> I would literally be on the in the car on the way home, stopping at Seven Eleven, and like pounding burritos, trying to like make up for the calories I burned. I couldn't gain weight anymore. Yeah. Um. So then I think we went to the show again the next year, and my girlfriend was like, "Dude, you got to do this. now yeah, You can do this." So I start training for it. And then there was a day where like somebody at the gym made a comment like, hey, are you competing? And I was like, I must, I must look like a bodybuilder now. Like, that was cool, you know? And um, so I did it my senior year. and in college? Uh, yeah. And it was, I was in a lightweight class. It's, it's 155 and under. So I was like 150. And um, there was a guy that actually trained. I trained at a gym off campus, like, a, like a, kind of a real gym. And there was a guy that trained there too. And I knew he was pretty good. So contest time, i doing it all myself. I don't really know. I'm just reading and researching mm-hmm. and learning. So I don't really have a prep coach or anything like that. And that wasn't a thing anymore. They didn't have prep coaches and all this shit back then, unless you were, like, pro. So I go, and there's, like, 20 guys. So I think I did well. And also what's cool there is, like, it's all kids and family. So everybody's enthusiastic. Like, you, people that are small are getting, like, rounds of applause. So you're, it's awesome. So they, they announce the top five. And they, the way they do it is they are going to call out the top five. And fifth place, Mac in fourth place Emily so like okay I'm not fifth okay I'm not fourth oh shit I'm I'm like fuck I'm definitely not second or first though fuck I don't get called (laughs) fucking don't get I'm not in the top five I'm fucking miserable dude like and I'm sure you guys... I thought
3: you were going to say you got first. So I was waiting for that No,
1: too. so <laughs> did I. So did I. Fuck. I mean, I was like, so yeah. I'm waiting for five, four, three. Nothing, dude. Nothing. So like, and now they don't release like the placings yet. So I'm just pissed. I don't want to hang out with my friends. I don't want to drink. I don't want to eat pizza. I just want to go home and like start training for next year because mm-hmm. I'm pissed off and I'm competitive. So I like, don't think I left my room for like two days. I find out they're like, they're giving the, they're going to have the scores like somewhere on Monday. So I go find out. I think I was... Sixth or seventh or eighth, but so didn't, matter, didn't matter. It didn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. First is like first or not first, but like I'm not fucking eighth. Yeah. So literally, dude, from that point on, I'm like, I'm fucking winning this thing next year. So I trained like all year like this. And um, the week before that show, the following year, I entered uh, an NPC novice called the Garden State. Uh, clearly, like nobody knows who I am. I just show up. And I think it's similar to like the here. You kind of know people it's a, yeah, it's a culture you know, you know people and like yeah. who's coming so I was just like a nobody showed up won the lightweight class won the overall uh, which is like a, kind of a big deal and then I went into the Rutgers show the next week like f- super fired up won the lightweight class um, the middleweight winner was awesome he and I were like going have you ever seen the bodybuilding show I mean you know there's like oh, a yeah. pose down against the, the get the big guy and the little guy so the heavyweight guy wasn't great. Me and the middleweight guy were just, like, so close. They li- they literally called somebody from the audience, like a gym mm-hmm. owner, to, like, help break the tie. Wow. Because it was, like, we, we were, like, identical. And then uh, he ended up winning the overall. So I lost the overall by a point. He but was bigger than like, you, though? He was bigger than me, Yeah. so he was a taller guy. And uh, But that was awesome. I mean, I still, I still get, amazing. like, fired up talking about Matt it.
3: Matt and I actually had this discussion on the first podcast I was on, and I'm sure Matt can relate. But, like, when you have a bad meet or when you have a bad show, it's just crushing because you work so hard and like when you don't live up to your expectations of how you're gonna do it's just like you just it's just so awful i can relate to you not coming out of your room for two days oh yeah
1: and like you know when i think about that in hindsight you know i'm like i kind of love the story of like just being like fuck this that's it for a year but then i'm also like i try to like people that are talking about competing i try to like warn them about that side mm-hmm. you know i mean because you have to really be that obsessive, obsessive side obsessive if you're going to be you know if you're going to be successful that's all that, that's literally all you can do right like, if you want to get first or, yeah you yeah. can't like do it as like a fucking hobby or like on the side you know i'm sure the parallels are like the same
2: oh, yeah when i uh la- on the maybe last year when i bombed out a bench I'm, like the most upset I've, i i can- i've been i I, the, remember. The, the, I, re- I can't even remember the last time i, I was thinking back you. on it and i was like my dog died, and I was kind of sad about that. But
1: <laughs> missing the yeah. benches was way worse. <laughs> totally.
3: When I missed my 300-pound deadlift in my last mate, it was the same thing. It, like, I wanted that so fucking bad.
1: And had you hit that before?
3: No. Okay,
1: I hit so 290
3: in training. I thought I had it in me. It She's just been real close. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, that's the thing. It's like you, you really don't deserve... You never deserve it. And it's always... Like, if you... You know, the mentality now I'm sure is, okay, let's try to pull 305 or something in training to hit the 300 on the
1: platform when you compete again. Yeah, I think the difference thing is, the different thing is like for you guys, I mean, I think you're more focused, and tell me if I'm wrong, on your numbers. Like, some other dude might show up in your weight class and smoke you. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You're pissed that you didn't hit numbers you wanted to. Right. Bodybuilding's a little different because it's like, you can you can fuck up your last couple of days of prep and just come in off. Like, I think I competed, I don't know, 18 times. And, like, there was one time that I fucked up. I experimented with, like, water and salt and carbs and shit. Something unusual, and it backfired. And I was, like, sixth again. for the, Like, you know, I always placed in the top three. And this was, like, another time I was completely out. And that I was pissed because, like, I fucked it up. But I was pretty okay with, like, some dude just showed up and smoked me because he was this big and this wide. And, like, that's just, just better. You yeah. know, I'm okay with somebody being better than me. I'm pissed if, like, I fucked it up. Right? right? So it's like if you miss your, your weight, you don't care if someone else pulled 350. You're just pissed that you missed yours. It's you versus you. That was the hard part. And that's kind of what I try to tell guys that want to compete. I'm like, listen, you can't control who shows up. There's freaks out there, right? There's, there's people that are built 50 times better than me that don't lift. Right? I mean, we've seen those people, now, I hate those okay. people.
3: I don't know that I believe that. But well, but you know what I'm saying. There, yeah, there are so people
1: far. that are just, you know, especially when you get to the higher levels. I mean, I think at the local level, like I went to Mr. New Jersey like two years later, won that lightweight. But then you just keep wanting to go up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the junior nationals. So I go to the junior nationals. Now you're talking about, you know, not just the East Coast, i talking about the country. So now it's like, okay, placing six there is pretty good because there's 30 guys. Mm-hmm. But now you start to see the real freaks, you know, the kids that were, like, jacked in high school before they lifted.
2: Right. And this was obviously before social media, so you had no idea who these no idea.
1: people were going to be. And then it just started to become, like, I just said to myself, I'm going to do it until I don't enjoy it. Because as you guys know, you sacrifice everything, man. My social life was non-existent. My girlfriends would have to put up with, you know, me like wanting to go home from a club at 930 and eat, and go to sleep. because it to a was, club? That's the, oh, impressive. Miserable. Wow. Standing around, not drinking. like and water. That's no fun. Well, yeah, that's soda. horrible. I don't even want to go. And um, so there was just that, right, right when I was like 29, I think I said, you know what, man, I'm, I, I can tell that I'm not going to go any farther competitively. And I'm also not willing to do what it takes to go to the next level. And I'm cool. I'm cool with just kind of retiring at that point. But that was the, that was the competitive career. So yeah, so during that time, training people was what you do. What else was I going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you
2: retire from, or retire from uh, bodybuilding at 29. You're still in Jersey
1: at this time? Yep. Um, Now, by now I live in the city. So, no, sorry. I didn't move there yet. So yeah, I was in Jersey, got the job in in New York. And that's kind of when I retired too, because I was like, I'm going to be training people in New York, like. I gotta hustle. I can't be eating every three hours and like training like I should. I gotta I gotta work now. Yeah. You know, even though it's a training job, it's a real job now. You know, I gotta really like I'm not just sitting at a desk. It's keeping the lights on. I'm not sitting at a desk, you know, getting paid. I, I gotta actually get clients and hustle. And this is at crunch? This is at crunch, yeah. So they tell you
0: who you're training.
1: You basically people come walking in. Yeah. And so somebody walks in and says, Hey, I'm interested in having a trainer. And there's 20 trainers. So the salespeople kind of like say, hey, Scott, you're up. This is your guy. And you got to walk the floor. I mean, that's the part I hated, like walking around. Hey, how you doing? Scott? Want to try I a workout? I remember when I
3: trained in commercial gyms and I was just so uninterested in having a trainer, but they were like, that was their job. Like, that was the that. But it's the worst because
1: you can sense, like... It's as i'm walking to up vibe. to you i can sense that you're like here we go again like new guys coming cuz you know you have to make your rounds to like all the all the people working out at the gym know that the new trainers are going to come up to them and like You know solicit them and they have to politely decline it right yeah so
3: part of the reason i wanted to be here today is i have a really good story about how i met scott and i hope i'm not ruining your flow no um so i remember it so clearly and you're probably going to think it's weird that i remember it as clearly as i do but there's a reason for that it was the day of my sister's wedding I lived in boston but i was at world gym because i was like in town for the wedding
1: was that you
3: yeah we talked about this I, yeah so yes, this will all come back funny, to you but yep. i remember it more than I, you
1: do i remember
3: um so i'm training at world gym and this was like shortly after i started training with brett contreras and so i remember what i was doing i had three plates on each side of the bar and you didn't say anything to me and then i went over to like the, the rack and i started doing some rack pulls. And you came over, and it was exactly that moment where I'm like, oh man, why is this guy coming to talk to me? Yeah. Um,
1: and but, but can you I have... interrupt really quick? Yeah, please. Also, I'm biting my tongue the whole time to not be that guy. So, like, like, I still go to Worlds to work out, and I don't fucking talk to anybody because, like, I don't want to be perceived as either like, like sleazy guy trying to come get a rap or like trainer guy trying to get a client. But I could not not say anything. So you can go ahead.
3: Right. So, so you just came over and you said like. That's so cool what you're doing. Like that glute bridge that you just did, that's such a good exercise. Like I wish more people would do it. Like I saw you load up that bar, and I was like, what is she even going to do with that? Kind um, <laughs> the same way as I you. Don't, I don't
1: trust anybody. I don't trust you. Like
3: um, to, sir. And, and you were just very complimentary about the type of training I was doing, the fact that I was lifting heavy, the fact that I was like rack pulling. Um, and you thought it was cool, and I remember I went straight home, and I sent like a note to Brett and Kelly, the coaches, and I was like, oh, this really nice guy just like complimented your programming, and he was like so impressed that i was lifting heavy and whatever and and it was just very cool but i think you were just like Respectful of the fact that a woman was totally. lifting heavy, and it was cool, and you, it wasn't weird at all. Yeah. Anyway, and it was so funny. We reconnected years yeah. later at one of Maddie's meets yep. when I met Andrew wow. yep. Lauren, yep. and like somehow it came up. You're like, did you used to train at World Gym?
1: You
0: and, like, hadn't seen him since then.
3: No, no, no we, oh, it, so I, I didn't bizarre. even live here. It was so dude, I,
1: I and I'll never forget it because you don't see too many girls glute bridging 315. <laughs> well, and that <laughs> was like a five normal, years at, like, ago. Yeah. I feel
3: like it's more common now, but like that was sort of on the cusp of when it's that fully. stuff was becoming popular.
1: This was like just in the. beginning, Beginning when, like, so I think what I love about CrossFit, dude, is that CrossFit made it cool for like women to be wicked strong. Yep. And prior to that, you know, in New York, girls would come up to me like, "Okay, I don't want to get bigger. Like, I want you to train me to be skinnier." I'm like, well, "I'll fucking put you in the closet for an hour and like not feed you. Like, what? Like, <laughs> what, what? What can I do? Exactly. I can't make you skinnier. Or, like, I can make you stronger, make it more muscular. Can't make you skinnier. So like, it was super hard to convince people that right you can squat." rack and, pull and barbell bridge and look like that you're not gonna you know come out looking like you know, like a male What like their perception. China yeah. from WWF yeah so it was awesome to see like somebody actually doing like real lifting like you guys know Lisa Clifford probably I'm yeah. sure I saw her with a, like training a guy and I remember I went up to her too cause like watched her train this guy like you're fucking supposed to train people like heavy weights and like decent rest periods and like not running around in a bullshit circuit of machines and I was like you're a real trainer like that was fucking legit because you don't see that you right. see the typical you know the deal you know? So, so this was like it
3: must have been like four years ago were you training people to I just moved methods? here no oh, okay. I was
1: just working out there so how did you yeah. end up in Maine perfect so, segue so good segue so it's pretty <laughs> I, I kind of like like I did, I did a podcast like just on this story because I was like having this conversation with somebody and I think sometimes like Maddie you probably feel this way when you've I'm fucking 48 years old right so like kind of a lot of shit but like it doesn't feel like that big of a deal to me because it's me but then when i was telling someone i'm like this is actually kind of interesting you know kind of like somebody was like dude you need to like tell that story it's kind of cool so in new york i met my wife uh her sister's husband had just retired pretty young in his 50s he had grew up in miami he moved to miami so every we all lived in new york together he and his wife moved to miami he calls me shortly thereafter. He's like, "Hey, dude, I'm thinking about investing in some of these personal training uh, studios. You know, would you guys be interested in moving down here with us? You know, I'll help you out. You know, I'll put most of the money up. You just run them." I'm like, "Yeah. Hello, Miami. Run a gym? Like, sure." <laughs> so yes, we please. like, we like, dude, like, liquidate the 401k. Kristen, my wife's pregnant. Sell everything we have. She has a big time job in New York. We just move to Miami. So we get there and we're like, "Okay, she's like seven months pregnant." The, the studio is not going to open for like seven or eight months because they're like building it. Yeah. So I have no job and I have like a teeny bit of money because I gave him all the money. She's pregnant, so she doesn't have a job. So we're like, oh man, this is like really brave and you maybe really out? dumb. You yeah. In, okay. So I gave him like everything we had. So I had to like start making some money and also I don't have a reputation there. Right? Like right. at this point I was a big shot in crunch, but like not in Miami. So. Starting um, over again. Again, I just found a gym that like uh, would let me train people independent. Started you know building up a name, and you know how it works. It's like a friend of mine was like, "Hey, talk to my friend Elaine. She's down there in uh, um, Etane." And I started like doing you know teaching this girl like doing a boot camp for kids in the park. i just anything I could do to start getting a reputation and making some money. Uh, gym finally opened. This was 2008, so you guys know what happened in 2008: mm-hmm. market crashes, people that spend money on training don't spend money on training anymore. Right. So now we had a location open that I ran. My partner's named Eddie. Eddie had a previous location with a different partner. This that is your brother-in-law? Yes. All uh, right. The other guy was fucking it up. Uh, so he... Who's the third guy? Uh, so basically it was like, imagine Eddie basically owns okay. them all. Okay. I'm a partner in one and this guy, Andy's okay. a partner number two. So Andy leaves and Eddie's like, dude, you gotta take the second one too. Like <clears throat> you're the only one that can... I'm like, dude, I can barely run one. This is my first... Like the way you feel now... That's how I felt there. Like I don't know how to run a business. I'm, right. I'm learning on the fly, man. I know how to train people. I never had an employee in my life. I never did any of this. Yeah, stuff no there. payroll. No. Nothing, yeah. nothing. Very overwhelming. So it was. I was like literally stressed out all the time. Um, and plus, it was you know we were we were getting by, considering in hindsight, considering that it was 2008, we stayed open and like made money, so that was good. But right. we weren't nowhere near like what our projections well, plus were. Plus, you,
3: you had a new baby.
1: Oh, it was it was brutal, yeah. It's a shit and show. so my wife was awesome. She managed to like, she's like the smartest human being in the world. So she like can do anything. So she managed to like find clients that she could like do their personal accounting from home, and like she would take a small business. She would take like this place and like run the finances from her house. So she was like able to like you yeah, know, her own keep hustle. us going while we were like not really <laughs> not really making a lot of money. Matt
3: and I are that's yeah. Ideas. yeah that's legit. She's awesome.
1: We are. So um. You know, we kept going for a while, but then like we were probably a year into it, and uh, I loved having the gym. I man, I loved like having employees. I loved the the client. I didn't do it, but like I just didn't dig living in Miami. Man, just was not like my thing. I grew up East Coast. Like it was, and South was just weird for us. So my wife and I had a heart to heart one night. We're like, I don't see myself like because we had big plans, like five five locations, and we're gonna like take over this whole area. My brother in law had bought the rights to like five gyms, so he had big plans. He spent a lot of money, and this is all like. I'm supposed to be like him, and then me, and I'm like, "Kristen, I don't want to stay here." She's like, "I don't either." Well, it's so a huge like,
3: investment for something if you don't absolutely want everything about
1: it. Totally, and um, you know, I just like couldn't, just couldn't picture myself raising the Are kids there. Those still
0: there? there? Are those still. There?
1: No, uh, well, so we ended up. Um, I had to have a conversation with Eddie and say, "Listen, man, like." get out of of here like dude I get it he's like but I'm not doing this without you so we got to sell these things I'm not gonna like replace your percentage so that you know how that is dude you gotta like you gotta have a profitable gym to sell it right nobody wants to buy a gym that's like not doing well so we got to like kick ass yep and then find a buyer and like dude there's not a lot of people in the market to buy gyms dude especially five especially yeah (laughs) so he had five locations so he sold off a couple rights We did end up selling our two locations to a kid that managed them for us, um, who was awesome. So that was great. So we got to get out of there. Then we're like, all right, where are we going? We want to go north. My parents were in North Carolina. We looked at that. Nope. Not far enough. And um, Not far enough. New York was out of the question. Jersey was out of the question. Pennsylvania is too far in. And uh, our landlord, the lady that owned our apartment uh, that we rented, lives in Kennebunk.
2: Oh, sure.
1: so we had been friends with her five years we rented from her she's like you guys have to check out Maine I'm like I don't even know where it, Maine is on a fucking map that's so random seriously I'm like I literally couldn't find it on a map like I, I don't even know where it is it okay. sounds like you know people people's picture of, people in Miami think of Maine as like Canada right so oh, we start looking it up that's when I, did, I lived in it, Michigan yeah. Yeah. they go where yeah, Something like that. yeah. and then yeah. so we look at Portland I'm like this is legit. And my, my wife's like a city girl. Like she'd be in New York in a second. So we saw Portland was a, like a real city, a charm and, you know, history and cool. Um, so she's like, you need to go check it out. But like we make, my wife and I make very emotional decisions, obviously, right? Maybe not the most thought out. So she's like, you go, take your dad. Don't go with me. Like go with your dad, go in January and see if you still like it, right? Because like everybody likes Maine in like you know, July. So we came in January, rode around with a real estate agent, met some people, And I loved it, man. And I was like, this is where I want to be. Um, But I got to find a job. And, like, I didn't feel confident I could come up here and just, like, start training people. Like, I didn't want to do that. I do not even know if, like, there was a real, like, workout culture up here. Mm -hmm. But I went to Worlds, like, the weekend we were here and just checked that out. I'm like, all right, at least there's a legit gym. Um, I don't think that's when I met you, but it was not long after I was here. I was really new. And then, uh... The wedding was
3: in March, so it was...
1: Okay, so it must have been once we had gotten here. And then, um... It's so crazy so, that
2: you remember that. Yeah, that, like, and I remember in it, too. totally
1: remember it. But, but that was in Boston,
3: it. right? No, it was here. No, that here. Was here.
1: I, here my at World's. Sister, oh.
3: My sister got married in Portland, so I came oh, up for the weekend, I thought... and I like, ran down to World's for a random workout. Oh. And so
1: when, what month was it? It was March. So it must have been like when I was already living here. Yeah. But yeah, it was not long after we were here. So we, um turns out that the franchise company was called uh, Fitness Together. That was the name of the studios. They had an opening corporate. And turn to basically like a, what's called a support rep, where you uh, help other people run their business. I called them. I said, "Listen, if you guys need anybody, let me know because I, I love the company. I just I'm selling the studios." So they were like, "Actually, we have this opening. You can work from home. It's all on the phone. You have a territory, but you travel there like once a month." So I was like, "Can I move to Maine?" And they're like, "Yeah." So like now I actually had a job with like you know a, a salary that I could buy a house with. Um, and then we just. Dude, I fucking came up and looked at, like, five houses. I loved the first one. We put an offer in. Like, my wife didn't even see it. I mean, she picked it out online. But, like, I flew up here. And, dude, I'll never forget small details. But, like, I'm literally boarding the plane. And the guy texts me. And he's like, hey, man, the red house has an offer. like, motherfucker, the red house is the one we want. Like, I got eight on the list. I only want the red one. And I'm like, you need to fix that. Like, you're going to tell me fucking the night before there's an offer? How do you not know that, dude? I'm coming to buy this thing tomorrow. So I'm like, text my wife. I'm like, do whatever you got to do. So by the time I fucking land, she's like, we put an offer on the house. We went in full price. You're going to see it first thing tomorrow. So we walk in and I'm like, dude, this is the house. Wait,
3: you hadn't seen the red house?
1: Never seen it. I just saw it online. But it was, I, you just know, right? You just know. I'm, I'm like, actually that's the house. I'm a very
3: emotional decision maker. So I'm, I'm like, get that's
1: that. the house. Kristen's like, honey, you got to at least have some other ones to look at. I'm like, no. No, we don't. We're getting the red one. <laughs> is it in like, Portland? Yeah, it's in Scarborough. Right. I said, you can put six on the list. Is it the same place you look yeah, at? Yeah, you can put six on the list, but I'm not, I'm not looking. I'm <laughs> getting that from the red house. When you know, house. you know. So we pull up, I'm like, yeah, dude, we're getting this. So we get in there, but he's like, listen, it does have an offer, but. The lady, uh, it was an older—not an older lady. She's probably in her sixties. But her husband died kind of suddenly, so she was gonna move out, like with her daughter somewhere, and she just like wanted to get out, but was like overwhelmed. Like people were putting in, like lowball offers, and then she, people were saying, "Oh, I'm gonna knock down this wall, and I'm put a new kitchen," and so that's like it's your house, out. man. You don't want to hear what people are gonna do to it. So I'm like, give me the phone. Like I'm talking to her. So I call her. I'm like, hey, listen, I got two little kids fucking love your house. I'm not gonna do anything to it, because I love it like it is. Please give me the house. So then five minutes later, she calls Charlie's like, we got the house. And dude, that was it. So when my wife and I flew up, she had never seen it. So I'm like, <laughs> we're staying at a hotel, we come story. around the corner, she's like, this is our <laughs> house. And that's, you've, you've been there, yeah. and that's where we're at. So that was that, man. And then um, just to finish it out, I was uh, just doing like, like, I was on the phone with people, you know, like yeah. helping them run the business, which I really loved and I learned a lot of shit. But if I had 20 locations that were under my supervision, you know, five of them were passionate about it. And 15 of them were like, yeah, this is our monthly call, right? Okay, yeah, I'm doing that. But, like, they just didn't care. I was like, right, just right. not rewarding, you know. And uh, one of the guys who used to train in New York um, had an addiction problem. When he got out of it, part of the process was he had to reach out to people. Like, one of the kind of steps or something yeah. like that. And he was, like, expressing gratitude. And he sent me this, like, thoughtful message. I was like, hey, man, I just want to say the time, like, you trained me in New York, you changed my life. Like, not just training, but stuff we talked about, stuff we did. Um, he was a he was a gay guy, and he was like, I was like a straight guy that, like, didn't treat him any differently. And he just really respected that. And he wrote this long email, like, I just hope you're still, like, doing that, man. Because that's what you're fucking put on this planet to do. And I was, like, crying fucking reading this, man. My wife comes out, she's like, what's the matter? I'm like, you got to read this thing from BJ, man. She's like... Whoa. Well, she's like, it's kinda true, right? I'm like, it is true. because like, you know, I gotta do that. So I started getting into like online training. That's when I asked you about breath. Yeah, right. So I, was I like, remember that. Maybe part that's of that a conversation. thing. But like I just couldn't wrap my head around like how that works. You know? right. like, how do you make a living doing this? Like how do you, are you actually monetize? Like, I, I have like four hundred think... online clients to right. do this. I don't
3: think you can do it until you have like a following to, to go off.
1: Like of. that scale of breaths. Exactly. Like you exactly. you're especially at I don't know what those cost, cost fifty bucks a month, hundred bucks right. a month. I mean you gotta have Thousands of people. I just couldn't. I couldn't wrap my head around the volume. But I started doing it just to like get back into it. Mm-hmm. Old clients and stuff like that. And then uh, Kristen was like, "Just start doing. Just start training some clients like before work." So that's when I just uh, started training people over at Obie's. Okay, that you know, yeah, so was, was like, the first place. You yeah, he was you like, me. "I was like, dude, can I just come like you know pay you a percentage?" She's like, yeah. So you didn't know him before this. Nope. And I had no intentions of ever owning a gym again. I just wanted to because my memory of owning a gym was stressful, dude. It was like a hard time and the money always being tight and like laying up at night i mean that's when i fucking i was it's another period of time where i was like probably a year and a half like stressed depressed like couldn't sleep like super fucking skinny could barely lift could barely eat like not cool mm-hmm. and no one would know because i could play it off perfectly but like at home i was like anxious
3: all what, the time. what period is this
1: around two that when i owned the gyms in miami oh, okay, because okay. they were they were doing fine but like when you plan for them to do this and pay yourself this and they do half that right. like we, we couldn't live I'm like, couldn't what? Breathe. And, and there was no way to ramp it up like you know what it's like when you're trying to ramp things up but like it's different when you have to ramp things right. up you know what I'm saying like I'm always trying to think of how to grow my business now but I'm not in like back against the wall like I might not be able to get food next week mode. Right. right so that was my memory of owning a business I was like not anxious and then uh Obi just approached me about you know buying the gym. And I was like, no thanks, dude. I'm cool, man. I just want to train. But then he kind of asked again, and I started thinking, oh, well, this would be kind of cool, like to have a real gym. Not because the mine were training studios, right? So this was like, you know, like actually a gym. And I was starting to get back into like kind of bodybuilding lifting and working out better. So I talked to my wife, I said, What do you think about this? And she said, Well, this is your thing, right? I mean, maybe, maybe we gotta do it. So I'm like, fuck it we're doing that fuck my boss I'm like listen man not saying I'm leaving but I have an opportunity I might get involved he's like oh fuck dude like what do we got to do to keep you I'm like it's really not a money thing like, yeah. it's just my it's what it's I have. I'm like you know me man like, right you know this is not me what I'm doing now so I love that, this company
3: that wasn't something you could do on the side
1: it wasn't I said you know I. I he said you know I, we couldn't do that because it was just you know, you know what it takes like you can't open a own a business and like work full-time it's okay. really so right. i said all right i'm not doing anything yet and then um things didn't work out with obi things kind of like just um didn't didn't pan out but at that time i'm already i mean you can i got my office has i got stuff on the walls what it's going to look like the name it's going to be how we're going to i'm fired up now so i'm like dude fuck what am i going to do now i'm fired up so um i would just drive around and be thinking like what am i gonna do and like it's overwhelming now because i'm like i gotta borrow i have no money I got to borrow, I don't know, 50 G's to open a gym, and like, how am I gonna do that? So I start talking to like some old clients who I knew had some money, and he's like, "Dude, it's gonna be tough to get that kind of money right now." And um, I'm like, "Hello, dude, I'm asking you now, nah, um, <laughs> right?" Uh, so, um, but then I start thinking, "All right, hold up, I don't need to open a big gym. Give me a thousand square feet, some dumbbells, a bench, and a rack, and I could train people in there myself, yep. and I could just." The rent's five hundred bucks, I'll just I'll train people myself. Like I don't even care if I have a I'll just I'll just train people, you know, and then and then so that's when I found the spot in the mill. So I just thought the mill was fucking cool. And then when I started looking around, it was inexpensive. Found a thousand square foot. So I'm like, all right, I could definitely cover this rent myself with a couple of days of training and then everything else is gravy. Mm-hmm. So I told my boss, I said, listen, I'm going to do my own thing. I got to get out of here. And he said, like, well, just give me a couple months. And I was like, cool. So for a couple months, I, you know, double dipped and started doing that. And then, um, you know, that's when I, I invited Alex over. And my wife had known John from another gym. And she's like, you got to talk to this guy. He's like, awesome. So I called John. So, so one thing I want
2: to say real quick. So you're at this point here, you're asking people to borrow money to start this gym. And during this process, Lauren and I are still training at Obis. Which really isn't the best. I you know. I was, I've kind of always trained with like a powerlifting mentality, and uh, it just really wasn't the best place for it. And so Scott has no money. Just put all of his money into the gym and invites Lauren and I to lift and for free.
1: Like that yeah. will yep. always yep. stand out.
3: Like once or like. No, well, just
1: like come, train here. come, Like tell me what you think. Yeah, because okay. basically, like it was at that point. It was just me training people. I was. I never could have a membership. It was right. literally like a thousand well, square
3: a feet. A thousand square feet. Yeah,
1: you know, so right? you know, me and a client, it's already almost I'm almost using all the stuff. But I remember um, I had trained Lauren a few times and like I just liked having people around, like cool people. I was like, Lauren you can come whenever you want. I'm like and bring Matt. So like it was so funny. So it's a small space. So Saturdays I'd be with a client, Lauren would come in, Matt would come in, Mike Melito would come in, oh, yeah. Aaron would come in. Yep. So here's this little small space. Now, as you know, Matt's pretty intense and before you know him, he's pretty quiet. Lauren is the same, super quiet at first, not after you get to know her, but quiet. Melito's the same, so is Aaron. So I got four people in a thousand square foot space, one's fucking talking talking to each other. Dude, you would think they're all invisible. They They wouldn't even say fucking hi. Sounds like a rager. This guy would like walk in and just start like, front squatting three hundred pounds. <laughs> Mike's like got his headphones on and fucking banging out curls. Aaron's like doing her thing and Lauren comes in and I'm like, This is so weird, man. But like I just wanted people around me. Right. You, know? you guys like, I was gonna Milito? ask them for money. Nah. No.
0: Melito? Yeah. They're
1: they're both uh very successful Yeah, Super numbers. fit, yeah, super fit uh, couple and, and, and great. I mean yeah. and they're all all great people, just you know, not chatty, man. It's gym time. But it was just a really funny dynamic. Yeah. And um yeah, so then at one point, you know, Lauren was just working out there. And then I just started a conversation with her about what she was doing for a living, you know, she's like, eh. I think she was doing marketing or something. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you'd be great at this. And she's like, I've been wanting to talk to you about it. Oh
3: really? And I'm like, oh, well, that's fucking, awesome. let's talk about it. It's like she, it was
1: your like, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like right there, we just start talking about it. I'm like, let's do this, man. Like I'll mentor you. Just start, start coming in. Like, what an awesome
3: opportunity for her.
1: Call, come in, and she's and great. She's great at it. And um, same thing with Alex. Same thing with John. And then we got three more. Same thing. We just, I've never advertised for like a single trainer. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm not good at too many things. The one thing I'm good at is, is recognizing good people. You know, so like we met Marissa at fucking Whole Foods. Kristen was checking out and uh, I don't know if you guys know Marissa, but she's got like her head shaved and big sleeve and she's just like a cool looking person. And Kristen's like you got to talk to her. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know. Just talk about the gym. Not, not thinking about hiring. I didn't even know she was a trainer. She's just like, I don't know. Just talk to her. She just looks like someone that should come there. She's is just she, like, is
3: she like kind of Jack? Like, she's she like kind of, like, she just like, looks she cool. Okay. She just okay.
1: looks cool. Like she's pierced and like, you know, shaved head. And, um, I was like, well, Kristen, we own a gym. And she's like, get out of here. What is it? And I told her, she was like, you know, I'm a trainer. And I said, I don't know your trainer. She's like, yeah, I'm doing a couple clients over here. Here's my card. So, a couple months later she comes over and awesome. part time and then pretty soon she's like, I'm leaving Whole Foods for good. Can I come full time? Yes, please. You know? So literally like everybody just came through like that. You That's know? so
3: cool. Alex you bring her-, her clients with her?
1: She had a couple, yeah. but um she was a- she was not doing a whole lot of it right. at the time. Yeah. Um but um side by side comparison. <laughs> matching hair Nice dude. <laughs> I
3: was at her with Lauren
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is that the other woman too? Yeah.
2: Def, clearly try, No, trainer
1: was No, it was great, man, because um, because we kind of, like, home... They were, like, homegrown and hand-picked. Like, we have a culture Yeah. that's exactly what we want. Because everybody fits. You know, you have a small place like this, you, you bring in somebody that doesn't fit. Man, it's real obvious, real quick.
3: Well, that's actually something that we're concerned about. Not concerned, but, like, you know, if we... The goal is not just to get more members. Right. The goal is to get the right kinds of members. Like, we're kind of a little family, and, yeah. like... You don't just throw random people in here. That doesn't work. It's, right. I don't know. So I think you can probably relate to that. Totally.
1: and that's everything, especially if a place like this that's right. so like unique too. Man, you got to keep that like vibe going. And right. that's kind of one of the things I liked about like being friendly with. all oh, you know, like dude, this is totally different than what I do. I don't. I don't feel it. We're not in competition. There's a, there's, there's plenty to go around, man. It's an abundance mindset. Like there's a lot of people that want to fucking lift and get in shape. Right. It's like where do you click? So if someone calls me and they want to compete in powerlifting. I send them here. I don't. Fight. That's not what I do, man. That's not my gig. You know, I think it's great, but it's not my thing. You know, you want to you want to do um, conditioning for sports or something? Go to Train maine or one of these guys. Like you know, like there's just so there's there's a plenty of people to go around. I think people need to find their like home yeah. and their like niche. And I do think there can be some overflow, like Yeah. Some so one of the things know? I wanted
3: to ask you that you've sort of touched on is your business model. Is like I think it's 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 a private training studio, yep. and is it one trainer per one client, or is it small group?
1: So when we first started, I, I actually like started calling it Iron World Strength, because at, at first, it was a studio, so 1,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Then we popped in the room next door and it became 2,000. Then we took the space across the hall, and now it's 4,000. So now I'm like, that's not really a studio anymore. It's called a gym now. So we call it Iron World Strength, but basically okay. it's all private. There's nobody in there working right. out on their own. No day passes. Right. So right. people are training with a client one-on-one, they might train two clients to one trainer, okay. might even do three clients to one trainer, and then we do like small group stuff. So we'll okay. have like five or six, we have like what we call a men's strength, five or six guys with one coach, or five or six women with one coach. And the rooms are, they have those in the thousand square foot room. Mm-hmm. So we got people just lifting, but in a way that, the way I look at it is like, it's, it's one third the cost of a trainer, mm-hmm. but you're still getting coaching, you're still getting someone okay. spot, you, you're following a real program. But you're doing it with some other dudes or some other girls so they have this nice like the 6 a.m crew right the 6 a.m guys the 6 or 6 p.m females so it's pretty cool yeah what, so the,
2: sorry one thing that's unique about your gym too is that you've kind of taken your training principles and you've taught that to your coaches yes it's not like lauren's doing the lauren program and julian's doing the julian program there's an iron will program that's huge
1: yeah well i remember lauren we talked about this when we first had Two small spaces. So we had a thousand square foot attached to another thousand, but they're separate. It was just yeah. a whole, whole door. doorway. Yep. And we realized, like, let's say myself, John, and Alex are all training one-on-one clients in one space. We only have one cable unit, two benches, you know, one barbell squat. So we would have to design programs that would allow us all to like use the room because you couldn't be like, "Are you squatting today?" Well, "I was going to squat." "Oh, we're going to we're going to deadlift." Like, fuck, bro. So we would have to like literally create programs that would be like. This program uses the rack and the cables. This is all dumbbells. And like oh, make that's sure so we were, interesting. it was super like, I remember Lauren was like, Matt thinks this is genius. Cause we literally had to just sit down and go, how's this going to work? This is before know? you expanded. This is before we had the more space. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now we don't have to do that, but I feel like it's super important. I, I've seen it the other way where like, I tell people all the time, you go to worlds somewhere, I'm just going to use that example. I like worlds, but like you get a trainer there, they all train how they train right? So it's like, I hire you, you're going to train me how you like to train people. It might be totally different than how Matt would train people. That's tough to do if you're at a place where you're going to share. So let's say you're like, hey man, I want to train Monday, Wednesday, Friday at six. All right. Well, Emily's available Monday, Wednesday, but like Matt's available Friday. Well, you guys got to be on the same page. You can't be like an aerobics queen and he's like a power lifter. The client's so confused, right? Like, so we got to make sure we all have the same approach to training, the same, you know, methodologies, write the programs down, be able to read each other's shit and also be on board with it. You know, well, can not you,
0: can you end up with a different trainer? Totally. Way? Okay.
1: Yeah. So well, Yeah, if somebody's sick or has surgery or whatever. Yeah, maybe I mean some they people
0: do it schedule
1: some seamless. people might do it like they always see Lauren only. But every, um, if Lauren's out, someone else can take him. That's easy. But a lot of times people will say, hey, I'm going to see Lauren Monday, Wednesday, and Alex on Friday. And that's a consistent thing. So they might consciously use different trainers. Um, I think we have a little bit of both.
3: You know? So you chose that. It sounds like you chose. So if you're going to have a gym and you want it to be profitable, there's a few viable business models. And yours is personal training. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you sort of chose that because it's what your space allowed starting out.
1: Yeah, Or is that be, what you want well, to do? Honestly, I I lo- I think what appealed to me about like the opportunity of owning like a gym, gym I call it. I think as a kid like that always sounded cool. Just to like own it. I I like the idea of having a ton of people working out, right? And just kind of like being like I think old school like Gold's gyms, right? Where like, you know, Joe Golds is rolling through there and just like watching everybody work out and, you know, giving tips and helping people out. Kind of like I imagine you would be here. But the problem for me was the numbers. Like when I look at the membership model, it doesn't make any sense I can't wrap my head around right. it right especially now that all these low $10 a month $20 a month you like that a million dollars just cannot do the math and I quite frankly I've never had the startup to put uh, look at worlds man think about $5,000 a treadmill what do I have 20 all right okay you got a hundred grand for treadmills Stairmasters you know buy plates 45 pound plates you kidding me as you much. guys, you guys must have a million dollars of fucking plates out here. Like, well, you either need to scale,
3: crazy. or you just what you need to charge people is like it really restricts your. It just prices out. you out,
1: especially when you have a Planet Fitness and a World Gym where there's, dude. For what's a World Gym cost? Forty bucks a month. I yeah, don't know. So and like that. I have access to everything. Like, if I was gonna make, I consider when we got this two thousand square foot space, the big side now. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that'll be a membership side, but like, I, I can't it can't be profitable not profitable enough to make sense you know, if it's a service business you know and, and also like I want the trainers to make a good living you know right. so they do well I and mean, they make a, a large percentage of the training uh, so that's another option you know you can do a training model mm-hmm. where you don't train the, pay the trainers a lot so it's it's much more profitable business model but you turn your trainers over all the time because people can't do it full time yeah. so right. they leave they, they try it for a while and they're like fuck I'm making 300 bucks a week right. and I can't do this and they go get a real job so now you got disappointed clients all the time because the trainers literally turn over every 6 months. So it's it's a you know it's a balance, man. To, you want because I want the client experience to be happy. I want the trainers most importantly to be comfortable and making good money and so they'll stay and and they're having a good life, but I also the gym needs to make money. So it's kind of like this, you know, how it is, expenses and costs and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think we got a pretty good Handle on it right now. I, I would say you absolutely do. How many people have you trained approximately at, at the Iron Will, or me personally? At the Iron Will, since you started, I would say oh God, how many people have come through the door? And I think we must have on a consistent basis a couple hundred people like active. Wow. Um, it's hard to say. We I kind of count. I I keep track of things by like numbers of sessions done right. you know what I'm saying yeah. Yeah. so like we'll be Lauren's at like, to me like yeah like 125 marks. sessions a week or something like that like um,
2: that's a lot of people in and out of the door yeah, yeah. it is it's quite a bit
1: yeah um,
2: one thing I wanted to talk about really quickly is uh, your discipline what time did you wake up this morning
1: what's today <laughs> I can't have to think back I'm sure it was 4.30 or 4.45 yeah. you, you I had, much I had a 5.30 guy this morning so 4.30 yeah. so you've been pretty much waking up at 4am for a long ass time as long as I've been doing this again here yeah. since you've been in May yeah
2: was that discipline to you know because you definitely have the entrepreneur mentality how did you have to how did that come to be have you always had it did you have to work for it did you
1: have to train yourself for it great question I think the discipline just came from bodybuilding And, like, sports and just knowing that, like, that's what you got to fucking do, right? Well,
3: maybe you were good at bodybuilding because you had the discipline.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's true. That's true. But I think I learned a lot of it from there. I mean, I think listening to people that come before you and learning, like, this is what has to be done. I mean, you know, we were just talking about uh, listening to a podcast with Efforting about, um, you know, when he was bodybuilding. And, like, the discipline of, like, his his strongmen, like, you know, eating four cups of rice eight times a day. And, like, him... Packing 40 pounds of meat And like shipping it down there And grilling it all Like carrying around coolers Like That's just what you have to do Or you're not going to be successful So I feel like that Is kind of the same way That I Carried that into Like Dude I don't have the luxury Of getting up at 8 man Like I'm not going to succeed If I do that You know So You know who's awesome Um, I'm going to I'm going to draw a blank On his name right now Eric Thomas You ever heard Eric Thomas? I haven't He's a fucking Insanely Awesome Motivational speaker and he talked about that. I mean, he's very similar like Gary Vee and these guys, but yep. he's just got a unique style. But his thing was, he goes, "Dude, I get up at four o'clock, so I got a fucking three hour advantage on everybody, right?" And I was like, "Dude, that's true, man, because you're productive in the early in the morning. Oh, yeah. Nobody's no up distractions. Yet. No Nobody's calls. up. Yeah, once that once the day starts rolling, dude, my my to do list like kind of falls apart. Yep. But I can I can get some shit done early. Are you a morning person? Like, is there like one, like you
2: wake up at four so that at Right now, you don't have. You can kind of turn off. Or? Oh, I'm a
1: piece of shit by, by eight o'clock. <laughs> no, I'm, this is this is this late for me. No, I'm I'm usually pretty useless by night. I mean, that was one thing Eric said. He goes, guys, don't don't get me wrong. When I talk about getting up at four, I go to bed at eight. Because <laughs> that was I think the, I was gonna ask that because my like, sleep
3: is so important. Like the older I get, the more I realize it's so important. And like yeah if you're getting up at four you better be going to bed at eight i don't
1: do a good job of that so i I get like wiped out every at like intervals because i got kids my kids don't even go to bed by eight you know and then like if i want to spend any time with my wife at all i'm up so i just i just suck it up man i just like sleep faster just sleep faster man and but like i seriously believe there's a time and a place like you gotta sleep right and you gotta rest and, like, I'm not a fucking young dude anymore, right? But, like, dude, I think if you're hungry, man, I don't know, man. I don't get fucking tired when I'm at work, man, because I fucking love it, man. Like, I'm I'm fired up to be there. Like, look, would I rather do all this shit at 9 not 4? Yes. But that's an option right yeah. now, man. <laughs> you know, at some point when the gym's at a place where I don't need, you know, I still train people, you know, because I like to and because... Um, I think it keeps me, it, it keeps me, me sharp, batter. it gives me information, it keeps oh me sharp, <laughs> you know, I like to be connected um, to, to clients, and still like, because you lose that when you get out of, when you're, when you're not, when you're just like running the business and it's sitting sort of in the office, it, it is, it is, man, and like, I think it's good for them to see me get up at fucking four or five, you know, because when, when the boss ain't around, it starts to build resentment a little bit like, we're all here at five, No this guy's coming in at fucking nine and like you know well, and, I leave, and I leave early man I leave at two and I pick my kids up every day from school you know and that was part of my thing is I'm going to design this my life like to be what I want you know and um, that was important to me you know I, I want to I see them so I don't see them in the morning ever right but I pick them up at three o'clock and I got them for the rest of the night you know until my wife's done working so that's that's how I justify like the nights I'm like I gotta get done with this getting up at four and o'clock but like you know what I gotta Sacrifice somewhere. So I
2: know the answer to this question. You're obviously, or you, are you're satisfied with the Iron Will currently?
1: Or I'm they, happy. Okay. With it, I would not say satisfied. because um, I don't think I'll ever, ever be satisfied with it. Yeah. So what's the uh, what's the future of the Iron Will? Because I, I know a little bit about this. Yeah, and you, I think you have can have an idea. You can um, go into it as I, a little, I like the I. Um, I'm playing with the idea of franchising it and looking at that. Um, so. What, is, what, what Kind of what does that mean, I guess? So this is a good question because, like, honestly, when it was first presented to me, I was like, what? That sounds sounds like something, like, real business people do. You know what I mean? But basically what it is is, like, rather than... Um, for example, you know, McDonald's is a franchise, right? So you want to open a McDonald's, you are franchise. You are opening a location that you own, but you're paying a percentage of your income to McDonald's because you're using... Everything that the way it does, yeah, you call it a McDonald's, you paint it like a McDonald's, you you deliver the product that they deliver. But you have to keep it as a McDonald's. You can't start selling fucking hot dogs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they come check on you, you got to be wearing the uniform. It's got to be red and yellow or whatever it is. Like, so that's how franchise things work. So you pay McDonald's X amount to use the name, and then you pay them on a monthly basis to continue operating as a so it's just another option as opposed to saying I'm just going to open another location. Right. That's also mine. This becomes hey, you want to open an Iowa in Massachusetts, you own it. But it's our What was your buddy's property. name in
2: Florida? Or your
1: my partner, yeah. Eddie. So you switched but you want to be Eddie now. Kind of but he yeah, kind of except for he was still he was a franchisee, but he owned five what we call units the Zor uh, Okay is who he bought it from. So he gotcha. bought it from the guy who started you know, somebody opened one fitness together and then opened two and three and four and then said, Hey, I'm gonna start franchising this and at one point there was like four hundred of them in the country. You know, okay. so um like uh what's the um not not Planet well Planet Fitness is a franchise. World Gym is a franchise. Like um anytime fitness is a franchise. I think a
2: good example, Snap On Tools, for whatever reason, is the one that stands out for yep. me. You always see people driving around in those vans, and yep. it's like the guy in the van owns the company.
1: Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and
3: I think what makes a ton of sense about you guys franchising is now that I understand that your training is consistent across your trainers, you're not you're not franchising a gym. You're franchising a training system. So that quality right. is going to be consistent, and that programming and all of that from location. I mean, I hate, right.
2: don't be offended when I say this, but it's always analogous
1: to CrossFit. Uh, there's a lot of similarities. With yes. the fact that, mm-hmm. like,
2: you want to open a, a box. You've yep. got to get certified, yep. and you're going to do wads and you're yep. going to do this, this, this.
1: There's going to be rings. Yep. There's going to be bumpers. Everything's going to be rogue. Yep. And So I believe the difference is, and I may and I might not be 100% correct in this, but CrossFit is more of a licensing agreement. Okay. So you purchased the right to call it a CrossFit. So, like, you can't include CrossFit in the name of this gym at all. They'll shut you down, right? Not that you would want to. But, like, that's that's, that's the thing, right? Is that, that you're paying them, and, at, fuck, a couple years ago it was 2000 It's probably 10000 now. But you basically say, hey, I want to open a CrossFit. Here's a, a, $10,000, whatever the number is, to use the name CrossFit on my name. And you need them to get so there, There's things that they have to do, but they don't control, like, all of the stuff the way that for example McDonald's controls everything right how you cook everything how you serve it it's not the same with a licensing agreement there's certain things that you can run how you want but I believe they you know they steer it in a certain direction but like the programming as far as I know is up to the coaches of those certain boxes um, not it's not sent out from the franchise office saying everybody's doing this workout today right right everyone's doing Fran today and everyone exactly I don't believe that's day. how it works but it's but it's kind of similar I always thought that I thought CrossFit did a kick-ass job uh for what for what it is yep. you know it's not my thing but I think it's cool and um I feel like there's space for something similar but more what I call just like fucking old school lifting like not quite power lifting but somewhere more along the lines of the Schwarzenegger Pol- Pol- uh, uh, Franco-Colombo days. I yeah. Mean, like, you know, basic big barbell lifts and, you know, a couple isolation bodybuilding stuff thrown in there. You know, but free weights. And, fat, adding size. Yeah. Free weights and putting on some muscle,
2: man. That's right. Do you, so we're, we're coming up on an hour here. Do you guys have anything in particular you'd like to get out? So your last time you competed was
0: a while ago.
1: Yeah. I was 30. I'm 48. So, okay. Yeah.
0: You, but you never competed up this way.
1: Never. All in Jersey. All in Jersey. And um, with the, the Junior Nationals and Junior USA were like in, I don't know. The... Did you ever come across
0: Gispari?
1: Yes. Yep. From down there. I mean. yeah. yeah. He's a Jersey guy. Pretty good guy. Yeah. Right? Great guy. Yeah. Great guy.
0: Which yeah.
1: Gispari? Yeah. Well, so it's funny because I was telling Matt, I had really never, you know, there's like the ba- the bodybuilders and the powerlifters. And one thing I think is kind of cool now is like everybody's kind of coming. To meet in the middle like i've always respected like like i said i'm not a crossfit guy but i have the utmost respect for those guys like i came to matt's first meet and i was like this is fucking cool man because i would like literally never been to one so like i didn't even know um what to expect and it was like really cool you know and i remember a funny story you guys appreciate i was watching they were calling out the, the, the um, warm-up weights or your, your openers and they'd be like all right you know not strong 200 i'm like I can fucking do this. <laughs> I think I could fucking do this, dude. Right, yeah. That guy's only doing 300. I'm like, oh, it's kilos. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So Lauren oh and I gosh. were sitting there going, holy shit, that's 600. Like, that's that was actually so... one of the things
3: we want to change about the meats is everybody's doing that. Everyone's doing that. We want to put the weight in pounds just so you got to do that. Yeah.
1: Because people like, even me, like, I, I was, no idea. I mean, I feel like a moron. Right. But like, but it made me feel good at first. I was like, I could do this, all right. And obviously, I
3: mean, we'll still be running keyless, but we want to, like, you add some display. Tell, yeah, let exactly, people know what exactly. the weight is because well, it's, um, yeah, it's is...
1: so hard to tell. You got those skinny plates. It's not 45. So we're used to right. seeing – four. I mean, if someone's doing 600 at a normal gym, that fucking shit is out to here. You guys are doing 600. It's like this. Yeah. You can't even tell. So as a, as a spectator, it's way more exciting to be like, oh, dude, that guy's about to pull, like, 550. Like, yeah. that's awesome. If you don't know, you, you kind of can't tell you know, you guys know because you can glance at it and right. tell, like, no, we, we couldn't can't. tell. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. I know what 200 is, and that's about it. <laughs> right. Well, dude, you guys would love this one. So, you you know, you remember Ted RCD Sure. This is a story of a story, but still a good one. <laughs> so, my friend, back in the day when we were all bodybuilding, he was probably my size. So, what I would call him is a kind of big, small guy, right? Yep. Like, for a small guy, he's kind of big. He's probably 205. five. <laughs> and then he had a friend who so he competed probably as a light, a light heavyweight bodybuilder competes at about 190 right so like when i stopped competing that's about where i was my friend was the same he was working out with a heavyweight bodybuilder who was probably 240. so that looked you know pretty solid and they're at like a big goals gym somewhere kind of empty early in the morning they're off in the corner, a corner place that has like eight squat racks and they're squatting so my friend is back squatting and uh the bigger guy's friend, is front squatting. And they're using, I think they're at 315, right? So in comes Ted Arcidi. He comes lumbering over. You he's know, the first guy to on five. Okay. Animal, right? Comes wandering over. Does
3: he have very short arms? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. And he's, <laughs>
1: he's just a short, like, fire hydrant. Yeah. And he comes wandering over. He's got his gym bag, his cup of coffee. And he, you know, like, walking slow and sits down. And of course, he sits, like, right at the rack, right? And he's, like putting his sneakers on, drinking his coffee, and he's kind of watching them. So my f- friends are like, what the fuck's Ted RC doing, dude? He's like, making me nervous. So he finally comes over. He says, you guys mind if I jump in? And they're like, okay, this is weird, but okay. Because I think he didn't want to load the bar. Right. Like he's already got three, 315 on it. So I'm going to demonstrate. You guys won't see this. But Ted fucking gets up and walks over to it. Like, you know, like, dude, like he, he's done this warm-up so far, right? Like Swung <laughs> like like the arms around. Gets under the bar, steps back starts fucking behind the neck pressing it oh i was gonna God. say he didn't do a lot of squatting no behind the neck presses <laughs> yeah. it my friends are like i fucking packed up my shit and went home <laughs> how do you how do you squat when a guy something the guy just yeah. pressed over his head with no warm-up <laughs> it was so I thought awesome. so that might be going yeah. there that was much on squats and, but that was the difference between like there's bodybuilding strong and then there's like powerlifting strong you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i think that's like there's strong bodybuilders for sure but like that was that moment of like holy crap, man, that's, like, superhuman stuff, you know?
3: So I've been waiting very patiently because I thought we were going to spend a lot of time talking about women in strength training because I know that's sort of one of Scott's specialties. Dude, we
1: can do a part two, man. I would would Um,
3: love it. I I mean, Scott's a huge advocate of, like we sort of touched on earlier, just, like, women training, lifting heavy. Um, And you do a really good job in, like, all of your social media stuff of sort of, like, you know talking about that and some of the concerns that women have and uh, did you like ever plan for that to be your target audience or would you even say that it is or did it just evolve I
1: think it definitely is and has become it's it's, it's a
3: clear sector of the market that needs to be addressed
1: yes I think I I think I recognize that Mm -hmm. I think um, like I said I I love that kind of crossfit like stimulated that to a degree I think I mean I think women are doing powerlifting at record numbers now that
3: Yep, Probably sure. could
1: be attributed to a CrossFit influence, right? Mm-hmm. Getting that started. Um, but I just remember seeing the value of strength um, on a woman's body, on the, the emotional side of it, the mental side of it. Like, because mm-hmm. I would see so many people getting mind fucked by the scale and this like weight loss mentality. And they would just be frustrated in the gym because you can't go to a fucking gym and lose weight. Mm-hmm. Losing weight happens at the fucking dinner table, right? So, like, if you approach the gym as I'm gonna go burn calories and get skinny, that's not how it works. So it's it's not rewarding. But like you get stronger all the fucking time, right? Like you, if you're following a strength program, you literally win every workout for a while, especially when you're a newbie. Mm-hmm. So now it's fun, you know? So we try to get them to switch their mindset to like, stop, throw a fucking scale out. Stop, you know, measuring your, like we don't, I tell people all the time, I don't have a scale. I don't have a measuring tape. I don't care what you weigh. I don't care what size your fucking thighs are lift heavy eat properly you'll actually get smaller you'll get firmer and you'll fucking feel awesome you know what I mean and then like you won't care
3: and you just can't understand it until you've lived it you know like as a woman you don't understand like you can't internal like logically you think oh yeah I guess this makes sense but until you've experienced that you don't understand how awesome it is and then you just want to like scream it from the rooftops
1: totally And I think I kind of share that sentiment.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and I think that Iron Will is very well suited to that too because, like, I don't know, this is, like, super stereotypical, but I feel like in general men are sort of more willing to just, like, go try things and screw up, and women maybe, like, want to do things right. So a place like Iron Will that it's, like, all geared around personal training and, like, teaching women to look properly, like, maybe it's a little... it's, It's very well suited to that market just because it's, like... So it's, a, it's a very good environment for it. I mean, we love having female... We, we have a lot you know, of a lot really of women. awesome women. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the right. average woman off the street would be super intimidated to, intimidated to walk in here if she doesn't know how to lift. And that coaches a lot of beginners, and that's awesome because they get that hands-on. But, you know, for the most part, that's not... Yeah. That's not what we do. But right. that's a great market for, for well, Iron Well. I think
1: what I, I'm trying to do there, too, is, like, I think what you guys do a great job of as well is, like... Our place is insanely intimidating visually. So like... Well, I think you walk in, fucking Rage is playing. There's yeah. spray paint on the wall. There's not a single thing. I, I don't buy anything that's colored. Everything's black and white and gray. The employee, I think it looks there's one medicine ball. It's it's cool shit. But yeah. you're you. And the employees, okay. have you're you. Right. You know, you're yeah. you, right? So picture a person so who's playing. like, I haven't seen it, but picture a person who's like super intimidated by the gym, and they like, they are in the hallway and they're hearing like Rage playing, and then like they open rage the door and playing it's like, and bang. yeah, and it's like I fucking answer Talk. the door, and they're like, oh Jesus Christ, man, but like. What, I, what I'm trying to say is, look, people can be as big as Maddie. People can like look like me and still be fucking nice, right? So don't be scared because there's people with muscles and tattoos and love right, music right. because everybody's really cool. and like, I've heard how friendly it is here, right? And how comfortable it is here. And I feel like that's the case in a lot of gyms, but it doesn't appear that way. Right. Now, what I noticed too is that for a beginner or a person who's not fit, you know, to go to a typical gym, it's, it's fucking full of mirrors. Bodybuilding gyms are all mirrors. So imagine you're out of shape and you're self-conscious and like everywhere you turn, you see yourself yeah. or you're always on display. You know, so the way we have it set up, we have one wall of mirrors mm-hmm. out of 10 walls. one I of them actually has never mirrors. thought
3: about that. I know we don't know. My first powerlifting coach was like, don't look in the mirror. You're not going to have a mirror on the platform. So why would you look in a mirror?
1: Right. Um, we have really like nice.
3: one little mirror in the back corner that's all warped.
1: And it's not even
2: like <laughs> facing anything. <anybody for> <laughs>
1: Sometimes
3: I use it if I'm doing shoulder presses or something. Yeah. Like it's nice to have. But yeah, yeah I get yeah
1: so it's kind of very similar where it takes the focus off like don't worry about fucking looking at yourself in the mirror just lift man right and just like Mm -hmm. so I think we try to like I try to put myself in the from the perspective of that that person you're describing right when they walk in here and like shit their pants we jump on them real quick and be as friendly as we can super fast so they Mm -hmm. relax you no, know, right. but I've had I've had women sitting there like this.
3: Really? Oh yeah. Oh my like gosh. So I can't so
1: scared. when they come in, yes, just so yeah. so self-conscious and, yeah. and nervous and and we'll try to really quick squash that. And I'd say 99% of them are fine in 20 minutes. We've had one lady that like literally Julie and I were like, dude, we got to like take her outside somewhere. Wow. She's so nervous. Wow. I've had people tell me, "Man, they got outside the door and like chickened out, went back to the car." Really? Yep, and then like, came in again like the next day cuz it's it's a big thing. I mean, shoot, I was nervous coming over here. You know, I've, been, I've never been here before. And you, guys are, oh, are you know what I'm saying? I try to tell them that, like, for real. Like, they're imagine a person that's like never done this, and they're mm-hmm. coming to a powerlifting gym with like people like us here. You know, if, yeah. you're, you, you're used to it, but like, yeah. it's different for. But, I'm a meathead,
3: so.
0: But totally. she she did a nice job dissuading that too on the, on your second visit. I think saying I forget how you put it, but
3: dissuading the fact that we're intimidating yes yeah I forget Where it's, it's just very hard for me to relate because like I never had that mentality Not the surf, so.
1: Um, so how but, did you end up here um, after I, you were at like worlds doing your so I, I program when
3: I moved to Maine I was competing at powerlifting or you I was already, working with a power okay. I mean I hadn't competed yet but I was like training to do a competition so this was the obvious place for me like my parents used to train next door when it was fit oh, 360 right, right. so I knew it existed um, Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. At that point, I didn't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) like I'd go in the corner. I was brand new here. I'd go in the corner and do my hip thrusts with all all the powerlifting dudes
1: all around me, and I don't even care. Yeah, see, that's right. That's not, that's not Not, not normal. Right. I know
3: we're out of time, but that was an important topic because I appreciate how like supportive you are of women in strength training, and I think it's cool and. I wanted to make sure I got
2: up. Oh, that's cool. I Absolutely. mean, a point in case is my mom, who's sixty. Oh yeah, this is awesome. I my was mom? so excited on the last podcast when you that's
3: said your mom so was cool. training there. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: so my mom's sixty-five years old. She's never lifted weights ever. I mean, I think she played like field hockey now in high school, maybe, and yeah. that was like her only right. athletic thing ever. Yeah. She she recently lost a bunch of weight, but she also had her hip replaced, and now she's getting back issues. And I basically told her, I'm like, look, if you don't want to be in a retirement home, you're gonna to have to work out. Hell's yeah. And yeah. it, and I was like, look, Lauren, we'll train you. We'll start with a half of a half an hour, and we'll slowly move to an hour. Yeah. And I think, I mean, tomorrow's gonna to be your fourth or fifth week.
1: Yeah. Which oh, it's is awesome. Insane. I like sneak pictures of it all the time because, like, I'm watching Lauren with her and, like, like I said, rage is blasting, and there's like all this, and I'm like, look at her, this is wow. so cool, man. Sixty-five Amazing. year old 65 social old lady. My my parents
3: actually almost the same exact experience um but they trained with andy barris who's on 360 yeah in the it's at the ice arena now but same thing like my mother had never done anything athletic and it has been so amazing for her confidence like she comes home and she's like there were these 18 year old guys there but i could plank longer than that like, she's just a whole yep. different person like she was starting to decline and age and go downhill and it's like It's it's so cool. Well, so
2: people just
1: start to think, like, well, I'm getting old. Time to start deteriorating. Exactly. And, well, they buy into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, man. I mean, we have an opportunity, all of us, to, like... Literally change people's lives, and I, and I don't think I believed that when I first started training people. Because for right. me, then it was about having muscles, right, right and looking good, right. So it was totally 100. percent And trust me, it still is, right. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten this far into but it, it if I was. But it goes beyond that, right? And I think that's the part that I'm really seeing is like we're making people's lives better. We're making people be Able to like be functional in their 60s and 70s that had already written it off. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm 60, I guess I'm on the couch from this way for, yep, for the next hernia, the next disc surgery, yeah. or whatever and, like, it may that's be. That's all re- pretty much reversible with just getting stronger, having right? the muscle to support your own body. Yeah, it's never and, and too
3: late to start, ever.
1: Yeah, and whether that's in a powerlifting gym or a regular gym or a CrossFit gym, it's we're all doing the same thing, you know, we're all trying to get people stronger and make them, make them better. Yeah, and you know, and if they
2: happen to look better, then that's a
1: nice side effect. And it's effect. a bonus, yeah, yeah. Of course, keeps you coming. Yeah. So this is our been our
2: longest podcast the date. Um, I just wanted to finish with, um, you know, on top of helping thousands of clients, you've helped my girlfriend achieve her dream of quitting her goddamn desk job and becoming a personal trainer. You're helping my mom probably extend her life. You've uh, welcomed me into your home. Uh, with your children with an amazing Nerf gun. Uh, oh, that's right.
1: Came and cracked you right in the back of the head. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> we, we were
2: watching the uh, the Mayweather-McGregor fight, yeah. and uh, son loves Nerf guns. And uh, I think she was, I think it was going for Scott, and we had just gotten there, and so he and, turns, like And he didn't
1: know Matt yet at all. He just, boom,
2: shoots me, me right in the head. And he, I mean, he freaked out. It was oh, yeah. funny, it, yeah. it was really totally. funny. But um, So I just want to say, tremendous amount of respect oh, for yeah. you. I love what you're doing. I've got a feeling that we're going to be seeing more of you.
1: I'd love to, man. This is, this is great, man. My pleasure. Yeah, I I'm want to. to be here. Uh,
2: let's have him at the Christmas meet.
3: Yes.
0: All right. How about a bench only? Oh, get in we'll it! Do a little informal meet right here. So no way! So we, in. we no, actually yeah. on yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I'll list
3: of things to talk to Matt about is we need to pick a date for the Christmas meet because it's like in my opinion the best meet of the year and it's, it's so much so fun much and we'll fun. keep you in the loop. All right, it's so much right. That's a, deal. You that's a deal.
0: Do bench deal. only. Yeah, you want to do all three lifts? It's up to you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about.
3: I'll it think okay. about
0: that, but I'll do something. <laughs> I'll, I'll commit to something. No weigh ins, no singlets, no nothing. Bicep curls? You have a event?
1: curl.
3: Well, I've
1: we'll throw wondering. that in between. Uh, All right, I'm in. Sure, yeah, sure. Okay. I'm in.
3: Um, Like the judges, like, drink beer. It's, yeah, I've it's heard cold. about this. Oh, Trust oh, me.
1: This sounds things, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm in. And it's kind of like sometimes, ah, yeah, yeah I'll do it good. too. But <laughs> close enough counts. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I meet with the judges
0: and I say leniency is the word. To beautiful. Yeah, so, yeah, perfect. That'd be cool. awesome. That sounds fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. And come to the ladies' meet, too, we have in March. All women. Definitely will. Yeah, yeah. Might even have some ladies that want to get involved. Awesome. You'll be the guest of honor. Yeah. All right. I love it. Well, we yeah. really appreciate it, Scott. My pleasure, man. Anytime. I'd right. love Over to do it hour. again. Over hour 15. This is a record. You just broke a record. And once I have you help me with my actual audio podcast, I can flip it. And I can have you guys on. We would love that. We've never been on. You can place. all sit in the car. We'll just sit in the car. We'll go on drive. <laughs> and I the fucking thing on speaker. I Beautiful. hope you have a
3: minivan. We're pretty big.
1: Awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've never been anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all righty. with that, uh, November 11th and 12th, pay attention. Yeah, I'll be there. Be strong. Definitely. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this is, as we mentioned at the beginning, episode twenty. We've been doing this for five months straight. We do not plan on stopping, and that's made possible by you, the listener. So uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Hit that share button. Subscribe. That's right. And we will uh, we'll be back next week with another big guest. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Thanks, Thank you Pat. guys. All Thanks. right. Good evening. Good night.